With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Do you believe that death is the end? Or is it just a new beginning? beginning. Does our soul continue to evolve? Or is it buried six feet under? Spiritual encounters and unexplained phenomena have intrigued people for centuries. But what if you could find the answer? Right here, right right now. Welcome to Heavenly Encounters, Encounters. where we will talk with everyday people who have had extraordinary experiences and gifted souls that see beyond the veil. veil. Together, we'll diminish our fear of death, explore our soul's evolution, and soften the crippling grief that accompanies loss. Heavenly Encounters. You, our listeners, will discover a new world. A fresh reality. A fresh reality. Just a whisper away. Heavenly encounters. So take a deep breath and join us on this fascinating adventure. This is Heavenly Encounters. Heavenly Encounters. A journey to the other side. Heavenly Encounters. Welcome to Heavenly Encounters, a journey to the other side. I am your host, Mary Elizabeth, broadcasting from Chicago, Illinois. And I am your co-host, Janice, broadcasting live from St. Louis, Missouri. And thank you so much for those that are tuning in. We have another amazing near-death experience that our guest is going to share with us tonight. But first, I would like to talk a little bit about Robin Williams. I mean, you can't go on the news, social media, without being overwhelmed with tributes, video clips, and colleagues just talking about what a generous and kind friend that he was. But, you know, from a spiritual perspective, Janice, how do you look at his death? Well, you know, I think most people that kill, kill themselves, that they, it, the pain becomes so great that they can't balance it out with anything, not even the medication. Right, right. And I think right. what you're looking at was a person, for all, for, from our perspective, wore the mask of comedy but was in so much pain that he just right. couldn't take it anymore. Well, you know, I, I go back and forth on this. Now, we are here to go to school, to learn lessons, learn how to love. But to me, when someone of you know, his caliber dies and it goes against the grain of how we actually perceive him to be, I mean, to me, it's just such a huge wake-up call. I mean, you think about Rock Hudson. You know, he put the face on AIDS. Philip Seymour Hoffman, he was a, you know, he really put the face on heroin again because no one really realized just how big it was. And right. it wasn't just a lower economic group that actually was doing it. And also, then you look at Robin Williams with depression. And again, a lot of people think, just, you know, just snap out of it. Um, what's wrong with you? You have all of this going on in your life. Why can't you be happy? But it's so much more than that. So I wonder sometimes, not that it's, it's karma or if it's something that happens that can help 
maybe thousands and thousands of other people that do suffer from depression to go and actually get help. Does that make well, sense? And then that's true. And what we don't know is this depression might have masked a, a chemical imbalance or an illness that he had that nobody, I mean, he could have been bipolar. He could have had Asperger's right. syndrome, you know, a lot of pieces uh, people like that. They're even wondering now if Einstein didn't have Asperger's because he was so brilliant. Right. And so, you know, that's the really sad thing is 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 not to really know if there was an underlying cause that if right. they would have found it and treated it, maybe they could have helped him. But, you know, I have a former boss that it was CEO of Life Fitness, which is better known for life cycles. Now, he ran marathons. He was up at the crack of dawn to work out. He was a workaholic. He was just this adventure guy, always doing something, water skiing in Vietnam, you name it. And he was diagnosed with a very aggressive form of ALS. But rather than actually giving up, he decided to go and find a cure. And the fitness industry has gotten behind him, and they have raised more money in the last, you know, eight, nine years than they have the entire, you know, century before that. So I guess my question is, you know, he never would have had that impact if he wasn't who he was uh, within the fitness community. That money never would have been raised. So it almost seems to me that it's, you know, it's part of that pre-birth planning, which we may talk about at the end of the show, that this was how he was going to change and actually find a cure for this disease. And that's what I'm saying about Robin Williams, too. I mean, how horrifying, but yet maybe it'll help put a face on depression and help thousands of people around the world. Yes. If that makes sense. Yes. Anyway. And it does make sense, and we hope that everybody out there, you know, has the strength of your friend. Right. Uh, A lot of people, their first thought is, I'd rather be dead than have this. Right. You know. And some people can come above it and, and you know, and, and see see the, the, the lining in it, you know, the, the goodness that they right. can do, and some people can't get past it. Absolutely. Well, our guest today is Mickey Bolda. She is going to talk about her heavenly encounter. Mickey, welcome to the show. Hi, Mary. Hi, welcome, Janice. Thanks. Mickey. Hi. Well, this is such a fabulous story. When the minute I heard it, I said, you know, you have got to be on Heavenly Encounters. So tell us your story. Okay. Um, June 26, 1997, I woke like at 6 a.m. and startled because I was supposed to pick up a friend at 6. I remember running to the kitchen, picking up the phone, and calling her and apologizing and leaving a message. I told her I would meet her at our swim class. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently I went into the bathroom to get ready, and I must—I started seizuring apparently, but I don't remember it. Right. And my husband found me in the bathroom, unconscious. And um, he saved me, saved my life. According to the EMTs, I had five minutes left. Wow. And oh, wow. I have no memory, very little memory of the next four days. Um, they took me to Iowa from Illinois, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then they operated on me. But they had to wait four days because I was still seizuring. But I have very uh-huh. few memories of it. Right. Um, during the surgery is when I remember seeing a very bright light, and I wanted to go to it, so I walked through it. And I walked into my childhood home where I'd lived wow. for 21 years. It was exactly the way I remember it. 
and there were my parents who had died in 1990 and 1992. And at that age, they were 64 and 65. So right. I had lost my parents at a fairly young age. I was mm-hmm. like 40, 42, 43. Uh-huh. And... I was amazed. They were completely healthy and looked very young. Wow. uh, We hugged, we kissed, and next to them standing, who I didn't even look at, was Jesus. Wow. It really was. Oh, my gosh. His hair was to his shoulders. And he wore a white robe with a red cover, you know, like another robe. Mm -hmm. But I could see the white. Um, You know, his skin was darker, like you have a a really good tan. Right. And that's how he looked. And he called me by my name and told my parents, well, I told my parents that I was going to stay because I missed them and I was I was mourning. I had been right. mourning for all those years and that I could not leave them. And uh, Jesus told me that I had to leave. I could not stay. I had to go back. And I argued. Now, I'm a very argumentative person. So I, I am. So I argued with him. And I'm not going. No, I did. I said, I'm not going. I'm staying here with my parents. To make it worse, they told me I had to go, too, because they were happy. And they were not ill, which they had both been ill, especially my mother. And I would be with them someday, so I needed to leave. And then Jesus told me that he had some work for me to do. And I asked him what it was, and he said, you'll find out. Hmm. And then my husband, children, we only had one grandchild mm-hmm. at that time. And she was nine years old, maybe eight. And he said that they needed me. So every day I just, um, you know, wake up because, when I was waking up from surgery, I could hear my husband's voice calling me to wake up. First, I so did you feel yourself first. going back into your body again, or was yes. it one of those things that the next yes, thing was just like you woke next, up? Sure. No, I, I felt myself going through the light again, and okay. then I heard the nurses and my husband. They kept calling my name, and at first I was going to ignore them, <laughs> but I really think that I really think Jesus gave me a push because, like I said, I'm argumentative and I'm stubborn. Right. And uh-huh. I was grieving so badly for my parents that I just wanted to stay. So every morning, right. I and every night, I thank Him for all the wonderful things that I have another day to do whatever He wants mm-hmm. me to do. Now, I don't really get this, you know, big uh, thunderbolt saying you're supposed to do this. It's just Well, you that, know what? I'm like 54, and I still have no idea, so <laughs> I'm no, right there with you. You know, it could be um, smiling at somebody. It could be holding open right. a door. Um, I just kind of go through the day thinking, well, let's see what's going to happen or what I need to do or what I need to say. But I will tell you, it is a better place. I'm going to go mm-hmm. there, and everyone I love is going to go to heaven. So right. now when people pass away, such as relatives. I lost my best friend two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I think what you, what I do now, like I think most people, is they mourn and grieve for the loss to them. Right. right. 
You know, I don't have her in my life anymore. You know, I can't listen to her on the phone. But then I know in my heart that they're healthy and they're happy, and um, that's what I wanted for them. But I'm not saying I don't grieve. I do, but Mm -hmm. not the same way. But you understand that you're grieving kind of for yourself, because I'm kind of the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, when like when my grandfather died, the phone rang. I knew it was the hospital saying that he was dead. I just knew mm-hmm. it. And as much as I did miss him, I knew he was even back then, gosh, I think I was maybe 12, I, I had some weird understanding that he was still there. Right. I don't know where it came from, but I did. And, you know, people kind of looked at you like you were kind of cold. Mm-hmm. But... I guess, you know, I came to this earth this time, this incarnation with that belief, and obviously it's the same thing that you believe as well. So my question mm-hmm. is to you, though, did you tell anyone right away or did you kind of keep it to yourself? Um, I told my husband, mm-hmm. and, you know, he he believed me. He was just uh, wonderful. I, you know, I didn't tell anyone outside of the family. Um, mm-hmm. I believe I told one or both of my daughters, but... I'm not really sure that they believed me. Right. Um, so that was my fear for right. a long time. I, well, not a long time because it was just in 97. I, um, I didn't talk about I didn't, you know, like advertise it. I didn't right. talk to people and say, oh, you know what happened to me? Um, right. But lately, over the last year or two, I have been, and mm-hmm. I think, you're right. Some people think I'm a little weird. Uh, some don't want to hear it. And But then I had a woman at church who came up to me within the last six months. And she asked me if she could talk to me. Because she had heard, you know, from someone else at church that right. this had happened. And so I met her after church, and she wanted me to tell her that her son was okay. Now, I'm not a, what do you call it, a psychic? Uh-huh. Right. But I did tell her that I, I knew that he was fine and he was healthy and happy and that mm-hmm. she shouldn't be feel so terrible anymore, that life life is a better place than somewhere else, I guess I was trying to right. say. And she got this big smile on her face and hugged me, and then I just saw her Sunday at church. And she came up to me after Mass and um, talked to me a little. You know, she just said, hi, how are you? And it was not the same person that met me. Right. When she met me, she was crying. I don't know this woman at all. I don't even remember her name. We don't hang together. So it was, it was just kind of strange. But don't me. you think that could be maybe your purpose right there when Jesus said it's, you have something you have to do? Now you're sharing this story, and look how much you just changed that one woman's life. I mean, yeah. you could have saved her to years, decades, maybe even the remainder of her life, and lifted her spirits, and you know, gave her yep. to you know move forward and live again. Yeah, and I should share with you that ten months later, after this, I had a lot of recuperation. I didn't lose any. Of my faculties, I did mm-hmm. have to do some occupational therapy. I was extremely tired. I really didn't want to do anything. Ten right. months later, it happened again. And I wow. featured at a dinner for mm-hmm. 500 people, and our daughters were there. 
And I oh, don't wow. remember anything um, after the seizures until I woke up at the same hospital that they took me and they transported me. And wouldn't you know that my same surgeon who had taken the brain tumor out 10 months ago was on call. Now I call wow. that, that Jesus, God, did that. He made sure oh, exactly. that I would be taken care of. And I came through it. I had a severe bacteria in me. It was another, you know, eight months of being um, IV'd. Wow. And, but I wasn't, I guess you could say yes. I didn't like, I hated it that that happened, but but I was a lot better recuperating than I was the first time. Right. Now, did you go anywhere that second time? As far did as I going, body? No. No. You know why I think I didn't? Because he didn't need me to. I right, already you knew. You already knew it. I already knew it. I already knew that I was going to be fine, and he was. I was not supposed to go yet. Yeah. Right. I have a whole bunch more to do. I just don't know what it is. Right. Right. Well, this and I, I don't think it, ask it, him constantly because I think that's right. kind of like um, I don't know. Just I guess the the adventure, if you want to call mm-hmm. it, is seeing what I'm going to do every day. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think. All of us do that. But the mm-hmm. thing is, though, you're the type that you just always have a smile on your face and you're so bubbly and happy. And you just, if that's the only thing it is, is to spread that joy to mm-hmm. people that you meet every day. It's, that's such a blessing right there. But then on top of that, to share that experience with people that really need to hear it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, as I said, it, change, it can change people's life. Yeah. And then I'm not always bubbly and stuff, but I try to be. I try to be right. on the positive right. side. For everything rather than on a negative. Once in a while it bothers me because eight years ago I developed another brain tumor, but this time it it didn't do anything to it's there and right. I can't take right. it out. So I've gone through those things thinking Okay oh, not again. <laughs> yeah. This is this is another um bump in the road and Right. I know they did everything they could, but they couldn't take it out, which I understand. Um, right. So, you know, that was at 50. This last one was 60. Mm-hmm. And who knows what will happen later. It will happen at 70. <laughs> at 70, yes, because they do say it's every. it could be every 10 years It's these things wow. seem to wow. happen. So, you know, I just take the medication. To stop me right. from ever seizuring again for the right. rest of my life. Yeah. So how did this experience actually change um, your life? I mean, did you do anything differently after that than you did before? Yes. I My prayer life was not, it was okay. But it was not what mm-hmm. it is now. You know, now I right. really, you know, I've been in Bible studies. I read my devotional every day. I uh, pick up books that are more, um, in other words, spiritual. Yeah. Right. And right. I uh, didn't do that before. And uh, I actually belong to a group that goes and visits those who need help. Sometimes just talk to them. Sometimes it's praying for them. Sometimes it's assisting them with their needs through this organization. I don't know if I would have had the courage to do that. Right. Now, Janice, isn't it funny how she doesn't know what she's supposed to come back here and do? 
Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't. You just name like four or five different things that are, you're totally changing people's lives. Yeah, but I really uh, didn't. Um, well, you know, when sometimes what happens when you go through that and your energetic field changes. Mm-hmm. And by walking in a room and, like you were saying, just smiling at somebody, mm-hmm. you change their energetic field without saying anything. Yeah, Because right. you are bringing in the sunshine, you're bringing in the Christ light, you know, and you're bringing in without knowing it the fact that you know now that there is no such thing as a death. Mm-mm. So nobody you know, we, really dies. We don't really die. That's just it's just a body. Yes, it's just absolutely. It's absolutely. Just, um, you know, the skin, it's just, you've already left. So, and so right. for, for people that are afraid of dying, I mean, picking that up for you on an energetic level that there is no death is probably one of the most beautiful gifts you can give somebody. Yeah, I just, it's it's difficult with some. Um, not that I want to, you know, I'm not, I don't want to, but that's... Uh, like the selfish part of me that's over there somewhere. Um, right. And I talk about it, but I don't want to hurt those who love me because I'm not being morbid. Yeah. I just, and right. I guess what I'm saying is just, I would love to die in a perfect thing, you know, like go to sleep, never wake up. But right. that's not my right. plan. That's God's. I mean, that's my wish, but God's going to decide when he wants me to return. Oh, absolutely. Exactly. I Absolutely. can't, you know, I can't dwell on it every day, and I don't. Um, I've been accused right. of being always on the optimist, you know, always on the positive. I don't like to talk about people. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't like to dwell on the negative. I mean, yes, I may be hurt. Yes, I may be um, treated wrongly. But then I try really, really hard to just get past that as fast as I can. Right. But you know what? You are the perfect example of how a person should be living. And I think right. when someone doesn't live like that, the reflection that they see coming from you, I mean, it's got to, it's like, well, that's not me. That's, you know, I can't do that. There's got to mm-hmm. be anger and fear. And, you know, they've got to, of course, just ridicule you because they can't, they can't find their way to be like that. That's but that I is really do. what I think. And how many people, how many people's goal in life is just to be happy? There should right. be more, but there aren't. Unfortunately, there's not. But that's how you—that's how you generate your happiness. You, mm-hmm. You're happy with all these little things, and then the next thing you know, right. it's an active part of your life, and you're happy. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you get knocked around sometimes, and mm-hmm. it, it's right. life. But for the most part, you still maintain that happiness. Yes. Right. It's like that teacher that asked the student, what is your goal in life? And the student said, I want to be happy. And the teacher said, well, that's not a goal. And he said, well, you just obviously don't understand life. Mm-hmm. And that's true. Because that's mm-hmm. perfectly, I mean, how many people would love to have that goal of and attain being happy throughout their entire exactly. life? Exactly. I know Robin Williams would have given every single dollar that he ever owned to be happy. Right. Yeah, that, that's a very sad case, but I do understand depression right. because when I was grieving so badly, I knew that was, I, I knew that was part of me at that time. That, right. About how long could I do that? Right, just, exactly. Um, You've got to make a decision. Well, I think that's why I was led to or I journeyed there 
because mm-hmm. I think Jesus had thought about or decided that's enough. Yeah. You right. are right. That's enough. Let them go. I'm going to show you that they are fine. Now, if people right. would just believe that that's what heaven is, they would be mm-hmm. a lot happier. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Rather than worrying about it and grieving about it and saying, I feel so sorry for the person that they're, you know, dying. Yes and no. I mean, I do for their family, but I right. don't for them. No. And, and you the get thing to is, the is that yeah. is once you understand, like death, mm-hmm. that that nothing really dies, mm-hmm. it's right. really kind of hard. Like you were saying, some people look at you as being cold. Mm-hmm. But I had a very good friend of mine that passed away, and for the sadness too. But there was great joy because mm-hmm. I knew he was with me. He would never, you know, he would mm-hmm. never leave me. I would always have contact with him. Mm-hmm. Because he didn't die. He didn't leave. He's just not here anymore. Yeah, but the memories are. Exactly. Absolutely. And that's what I Absolutely. that's what I dwell on because my best friend, she didn't want to live like that. And her favorite thing to say was, it is what it is, and you go forward. Uh-huh. Absolutely. It's God's Absolutely. plan, not, not mine. And she would just instill that in me over and over as I watched her, right. well, you know, as I watched her body go but she wanted to yeah. well we have Nikki we've got a short show tonight I've got okay. one last question for you a 30 second sure. answer what is if there a special message that you could leave for our listeners what do you what about what you've experienced that could help them there is a beautiful life waiting for them perfect you know absolutely perfect okay Mickey, yeah. thank you so much. That was just an amazing story. Thank you so much for being on the show. You are so welcome. I appreciate it. Oh, thank, thank you very much, uh-huh. Mickey. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. What a okay. story. You know, I think the more and more people can hear these, and again, this is the whole reason why we're doing this show, the more they can understand that really death, death is not real. So I right. guess it is time, though, for Illuminations. Okay. Illuminations. Illuminations. It's time for illuminations. Food for your mind. Okay, Janice, what do you have for us tonight? Well, I found this. It's written by Margaret Sangster. And I thought of um, our great friend that just passed. They never quite leave us our friends who have passed through the shadow of death to the sunlight above. A thousand sweet memories are holding them fast to the places they blessed with their presence and love. The work which they left and the books which they read speak mutely, though still with an eloquence rare. And the songs that they sung and dear words that they said yet linger and sigh on the desolate air. Wow, that is absolutely beautiful. You know, to kind of add a little footnote to that, I was at a funeral about two weeks ago of of a young man that had um, OD'd on heroin. It was a, a friend of my husband's son. And there was a YouTube video of him skateboarding, which he loved to do, and he fell, and he was hysterically laughing for like 30 seconds. And that's, you know, that's forever etched in the friends and the family's memories. Yeah. They never go away. No, well, my quote do. is by Norman Vincent Peale. 
I believe there are two sides to the phenomenon known as death. This side where we live and the other side where we shall continue to live. Eternity does not start with death. We are in eternity now. Which I've never really thought about that before. It is. What a beautiful thought. Right, because it's, I mean, life is never ending. I mean, you may seem that way to us. There's no such thing as death, and then that's true. We are living our eternity. Absolutely. Well, oh, I like that, Mary. I know. I know. It just, it's really a lot to think about. You know, we've lost two amazing people this week um, that had tremendous effect on a lot of people in the world. And I think, it gives, I think it will give a lot of people something to think about. And with the media, with more movies coming out, with there's more people really beginning to accept the fact that, you know, maybe there is more to this than just this life. Maybe yes. we can finally understand that there is more. Oh, absolutely. And think how happy we'll all be once we really realize it. How much of our life. I do. I mean, I mean, I I have no doubt. I've never had really any proof. Um, but I think you know, from a knowledge standpoint, I totally get it. Yeah. But I can't even imagine if you have that kind of experience where you're standing face to face with Jesus and you absolutely know with every single, you know, molecule of your being that that's actually true. It has to be just a phenomenal experience. So. Yes, especially if he pushes you back. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, that is our show for tonight. Please keep the emails coming and tell us about your heavenly encounters at heavenlyencountersradio at gmail.com. We are also on Twitter at heavenlyradio1, and that's the number one. Follow me, and I will follow you back. Thank you, Janice, for another fascinating show, and thank you to our wonderful listeners for joining us once again. Be inspired, be empowered, and be well. You've been listening to to Heavenly Encounters, a journey to the other side. Bye-bye. Good night. Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.